Welcome to Conscious Life Design. My name is Alina Souk. I am a creative entrepreneur and master coach. And the intention of this podcast is to empower you to actively design the life you desire. I mix science with spirituality, corporate with entrepreneurial experience, and strategy with intuition. And today I have my first guest, Margot Etedgi. Did I get that right? You sure did. Beautiful, beautiful. Margot is a mortgage lender, educator, luxury travel creator, and GM at Triangle Companies. And I met Margot during the pandemic when I was doing a mindfulness workshop for Triangle Companies. And since then, we stayed in touch on social media, and I have watched her blow up on TikTok and really just take things to a whole new level. This podcast is called Conscious Life Design. And I'm going to ask you in a moment what that means to you. But for me, it's being an active participant of your life and showing up and creating something, co-creating something. And when I see your content, which I love, it gives me a feeling of confidence and empowerment and luxury and at a very young age, which is really inspiring. And the feeling I get from watching your content is like, I feel like I can go out and do it. Like I, it, I feel that other people get that message as well. And I know that you have empowered many people through education in your industry. So that's my intention today is to give you the stage to share your story. I would love to know how you got into your industry, how you got into content creation. Um, but first, I would love to know when you hear the words conscious life design, what that means to you. Yeah, so I think for me, conscious life design is um, a way of how someone really like creates their life and how they're going to design what they envision their life to be. So for me, you know, um, my like creative life design is something that I've always had at the forefront of my mind. It's one of the main reasons why I even chose to go into the mortgage industry. Um, in the beginning of my professional career, which started out very early on for me, I started working when I was like 14 in wow. the fashion industry. Um, and summer internships turned into longer term positions and moving up. And it was then that I noticed that there was certain things in my life that I wanted, like financial freedom, being able to travel, live, work, and really have a proper balance in life. Um, and it was something that unfortunately the fashion industry was not able to give to me. And that's where I had to make a shift around the age of 21 and say, what is it that I really want in life? What is it that I want that design of my creative life to look like? Mm. You know, so for me, it really is just like thinking. And at that time, what was what was that going to be? How was I going to design my life to to really be able to achieve what I want in life and how I want to live my life? Um, and so for me, what I was good at was always sales. Being in the fashion industry, I was not necessarily in the like fashion creative side, but more so fashion merchandising and business of fashion. Um, so for me, I kind of explored, you know, sales in real estate and mortgages. And I found that mortgages was a place that was competitive for me because it was a product that um, with the right sales skill, you can kind of sell something that is very desirable to a lot of people if you can find the right 
um, pain points and solutions. Mm. And that's kind of how I trickled into the content creation. Um, I've been doing mortgages now for seven years, but the content creation kind of hit at that five-year mark of my career. Um, Like a lot of people, when the pandemic hit, for me and like a lot of other entrepreneurs, there had a big shift happened uh, and a big shift in marketing was really what happened, which is kind of why you kind of came to our company in the first place Mm -hmm. to help us understand the direction of marketing, the direction that we need to yeah, market across, right? I remember in the beginning of the pandemic, um, we were having our weekly meetings like we still have, like we always had and we had during the pandemic. And marketing was something that was coming up. And we were really sick and tired of seeing the same type of boring flyers. And um, the pandemic was a place and a time where people really didn't want to feel like they were being sold anything. Um, So that's where I had kind of a click in my mind where I was like, okay, we need to take away the notion of selling and more so educate and inspire, motivate, and mainly entertain, right? It was a Mm. little bit of a dark place for a lot of people. Um, And especially for me at that time, I really had lost all my business. I had to start back from zero and figure out how I was going to market, who I was going to market to, with what type of budget I had zero. So for me, I turned to TikTok, I turned to social media, um, and I made it fun for myself, fun to consume, try to make it relatable. Um, and it just kind of really quickly took off from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. I love that you said I have zero budget. I'm turning to TikTok, right? Because that yeah. would, that is a block for a lot of people where they're like, I don't have enough to start. And that's, I don't have the equipment. That's the biggest thing I hear. I don't have the equipment. I don't know how to work the software baby, neither did I. Uh, in the beginning, a lot of it is that block. And I and I always hear like, well, how did you start? I don't have the equipment. Well, like neither did I. And um, I wanted to start with YouTube, but that uh, bar of entry with the equipment, with the softwares was something that was really intimidating. And a place like TikTok, a place like Instagram, where you can just turn on your phone and be yourself and be as like authentic and raw was a place that felt comfortable and easy for me to start my journey into creating content. Mm, Okay. So did you ever feel any resistance to showing up in the very beginning? Or did you just turn on your phone and it just came right naturally to you? You know, at that time, again, um, my back was pressed against the wall. Like when you have, as a business professional, a pipeline of clients, um, I was expecting to close many deals. And at that time, like the banks were pretty much closing their doors and telling us everything we expected to close was no longer closing. So um, immediately in my mind, I shifted from being like, okay, I'm a regular mortgage loan originator to shift. I'm a content creator. And I had to immediately dive into that A, because there was nothing to do at the time. I was consuming it enormously, right? Mm. So I was like, if I'm going to be consuming so much on social media, I better be creating just as much. And at the time, I was like consuming it full time. So I was like, baby, you better be creating it full time. And um, it was interesting for me because with TikTok, it's interesting the algorithm starts to get to know you and it becomes like this personal relationship. So once it understands who you really are, it starts to feed you things and content that relates to you. So 
once I started getting more real estate related content, mortgage related content, I did my research in my niche and my area and really started understanding where my area of expertise was going to fit. I really just dove full time into creating that. And it really was like, okay, um, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to do my hair, my makeup, I'm going to get ready like I'm going to the office. And I turned on my phone. And immediately from that moment for one year straight, I was creating content nonstop. I was posting three to five times a day. And my only intention was to grow a community and to create uh, a bank of content for people to understand what it is that I do and who I am. Um, and very quickly on, like within a few weeks and months, I started getting, you know, contacts and leads of people that were like, I understand what you do. I want to work with you. I need your help. Um, and so that's how I noticed like it was it was organic marketing and it's what people wanted and needed. You know, so really it worked. Yeah. So what kind of leads were you getting that people said that they want to work with you? Was it other companies or was it people who needed mortgages? It was direct consumers. It was people who needed mortgages, people mm. saw my videos saying that I can help people if they didn't have certain kind of income documents and all those kinds of certain niches that I talk about. And because it was very clear, uh, the messaging in, in my marketing, even though they were funny skits or whatever it was, it made it very easy for the consumers to be able to reach out to me directly. And that was a place that I noticed that um, this was good the easiest way for clients, consumers to trust me and get to know me and directly be able to work with them without having like a third party um, that you would have to pay leads to or that you would have to, you know, break through this like, oh, you know, you saw me on Zillow because I paid to be on Zillow. So you're calling me, you know what I mean? Like it's mm -hmm. different. It's this time it's they saw my content and they understand what I'm doing um, and they really want to work with me because they like me and they trust me. And that mm -hmm. was a different type of quality lead that I had never seen before. Yeah. There is something that you said that I really love that resonates greatly with me is that you said when you started, you had an intention. Your intention was to grow a community, a bank of content, and for people to understand who you are. And I feel like that is the 90% reason of your success. Like... Obviously, your content is really good quality. It's really relatable. And all of that is amazing. The intention carries so much. And people feel that on the other side. They might not even realize why they're feeling what they're feeling. But yeah, um, did you did you like have that conscious thought when you started creating your content? In the beginning and, and all, honestly, always like my intention is, <laughs> was always and is always to kind of first make sure that it's fun for me to make, mm. because if it's fun for me to make and I'm being entertained by my own content and I'm like the biggest fan of my content, then someone else is going to feel a, like a little bit like the same way that I felt about it. You know, I like that to me was my biggest thing, especially like back then when I was creating content again it was like a dark place and like my main goal was just to make people laugh and be educated in a way where they didn't see that coming and so that's always like my intention is always to kind of make sure that I'm having fun making it so that that energy like you said that energy is always going through um further than just the screen but that 
can really feel like I'm having fun making it. It's like a genuine uh, piece of content that I made. Um, that's kind of always been my intention is like really having fun. And, and it's been one of the main reasons why I have been at a hard time breaking out of a different type of content and making the more sophisticated let me sit down get my camera record and go on youtube and teach you something um as much as i know that that's educational and people want that content it's not as fun for me to make right so it becomes like kind of that writer block where i'm like well i don't know if i want to create that so for me um yeah kind of like making entertaining and educational content has has always been my intention it's something that i always see performs well it resonates well with people um but it also yeah, it, it, it's it's an intent that I need to try to basically find that intention in, in other ways with when it comes to my content so that it, I can eventually diversify because that's also become really important at this point. Okay, what do you mean by that? Right now, I think a majority of my content is very much one or two types of styles. It's very much either educational, entertaining type of content where I'm acting out in skits or, you know, I'm doing something of that nature um, or a vlog style where I can show you more in realistic life. Mm -hmm. But it's um, it's been difficult now for me to try to break into new newer styles, which is more, you know, long form and educational. I think like that's something that's very necessary at one point. Once you've grown your community, like I think people want more mm -hmm. uh, of the small snippets of what I've given them. But I think like now that it's become what it has become, it also is difficult for me because now it's always like, well, what's the next move, right? What's the next type of content that I'm going to make? And I I know that I like owe that to my community, right? To create something different and to really nourish uh, that educational portion uh, of my content pillar that I'm always trying to fulfill. Beautiful. Yeah, I love that you are keeping your community at the forefront of your mind. Like I know you put a lot of emphasis on enjoying it yourself, which I think is really what carries your authenticity. And then having the community on the other side of it is really powerful. That's what keeps people coming back, right? Yeah. So something else that I think you do great is that you're super consistent, right? Like, yeah. What's the longest that you've gone without really sharing any content? It, it's a, it's funny that you ask me that. It's a question that I get asked all the time, like recently. Um, and I think it's like, I don't know. Recently, I, I probably haven't been as consistent and there are moments where I'm just not as consistent. Whether it's because like, you know, I get really busy with other things. Um I don't put as much pressure on myself anymore to be like as consistent as I was in terms of like making sure that I'm posting all the time. Um, I think what I focus on more now is more quality than quantity. Mm -hmm. um, and that takes time, you know what I mean, to create like good quality content. So the longest I think I've gone without posting is probably like, maybe a month, maybe a little over a month. It just, it, it depends. Um, but 
on one way or another, I mean, again, right, like it, it has to be enjoyable. And so there are moments where it becomes unenjoyable because it becomes overwhelming or there's just too many things on my plate. Um, I'm also very much a little bit of a control freak. So I don't like I don't disperse my work. I put all of it on myself. So that's, you know, the creation, the filming, the editing, everything that I do is all on myself because I really want to make sure that it's my message and my vision. Mm. Um, so yeah, so, you know, sometimes I'm not as, as consistent, but when I do make sure that I show up, I show up with intention, with a plan. I know what I'm posting, why I'm posting it. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of like strategy. Um, it's just unfortunately not as consistent anymore. But um, as of recently, you know, like I told myself, I really wanted to be more consistent uh, because I think that no matter what, consistency is always key. Um, and I really have even like gone to the extent of like signing with like an agency to really make sure that like I'm really more in the wow. loop with it more when it comes to content creation, because it does make me really happy. It brings me a lot of joy and um and I want to do it on a larger scale. And it's definitely up to me to be consistent. But, you know, social media is a full-time job. And I think that it's it's, it's really interesting because people completely forget that um, or or they think it's just, oh, it's just social media. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's really not anymore. And especially when you're doing it as a service provider and you're using it for marketing, um, you know, to take it seriously, it really is sometimes... 40 hours a week just to like create, prepare, schedule, and all of the things that comes when it comes to content creation. So um, sometimes you have to kind of every week analyze the priorities and see what is the top priority. And so that um, in the beginning was difficult. I was always putting the content creation as a priority, but um, it's, it's, it's also something that, you know, with a life balance schedule, it's like it sometimes I, I'm able to fit it in more and sometimes I'm not. And um, at the end of the day, I'm I'm really like proud with what I do put out there. So that's for me what matters the most. Absolutely. And I think that there's definitely something to be said about like something that I say is that first you work for your personal brand and then your personal brand works for you. So you have put in the time and the work and the energy and the intention that people know who you are, what you're about, and they think of you when they need you. So then at, at some point, if you do need to take a month off and just reset and regroup, you can afford to do that. Uh, and I think that that's actually speaks more to your authenticity, right? Because you're not doing it just right. to do it. Uh, you continue with your intention at top of mind. So I think that's yeah. great. Yeah. And yeah. And it's, it's really important that you even said that because... Um, you know, some people have asked me, like, what's my goal with social media or like what, you know, what is my intention, like how you ask me. But honestly, when I started social media and sure, I told myself, OK, I'm going to be a full time content creator. That just meant I was going to create content related to what I do full time. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I've always said this and this was something I said in the beginning and something I always say now, I am a mortgage broker full-time. And that is like what I am at my core. That's like, I've always said it. It's not even my career. It's my lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. So I always put that in priority. Um, and I always make sure that like my business is taken care of first. Um, 
And in the beginning, there wasn't even that proper balance. But I think now I always tell myself, like, remember, you're a mortgage broker first. So if there are days, weeks, months where you can post, that's okay, because I'm putting other things in priority, right? And so, Mm -hmm. um, and like you said, I've been able to create a community for myself that also now my content lives in an evergreen way where I'm creating content that kind of lives on the internet all the time and is always Mm -hmm. being shared, always being viewed. Um, so that's also something that has allowed me to rest assured, right? That like mortgage broker first, content creator second. But at the end of the day, like I am the real Queen Margot and I love doing what I do and I show up when I can. And yeah. Yeah. And it's um, great to be able to live that way. Yeah. It's it's called, uh, you know, living in embodied, aligned way, right? That you are the same person in your videos that you are when people meet you. And I think also what you say in terms of that people think is just social media and that is just making videos is that that's also, to me, a sign of a real professional when you make it look easy. If you're like, oh, you're just creating these little videos for your like cute little social media, that's how you know that you actually are a professional at what you do because you are making it look easy. It's never. Absolutely. It's never really that. Um, So, okay. Amazing. And so what is, you know, you said some people ask you, like, what's your goal with social media? Do you have um, a next goal in mind? Do you have a next step? You know, I don't necessarily have, I think like the next step is already in root. And um, I've always kind of wanted to, I've always shot for the stars, right? I've always tried to go as big as I can in anything that I do. Um, and something that I realized with, with being able to build my own brand um, at the scale that I want and seeing that basically like the sky is the limit with what you can do on social media um, and also seeing the type of value that I'm able to provide. I, as I mentioned a little bit before, signing with an agency as of recently that is able to see my value and able to um, allow me to grow as big as I possibly can with exactly what I want to do. That's kind of like my next goal. Um, yeah, I kind of, you know, and, and, and I don't really have like an exact stat or number or vision or goal as to what that looks like. Right. But I, I know that for example, like I see myself on big billboards, I see myself on buses, um, educating, entertaining, and just kind of inspiring the masses because um, I really believe in what I do. So, yeah. Beautiful. So it sounds like more of the same and better and bigger. Yeah, exactly. Bigger and better. Exactly. More of the same, bigger and better. I love that. Um, And something else that I really love that you do is you take a a role like, I don't know, maybe this is just my personal viewpoint, but you take a role like mortgage lender, which doesn't like scream fun and exciting and you make it fun so I want to know like first what even got you onto that path because I know you kind of said briefly that you pivoted from fashion into like real estate mortgage so I'm kind of curious to know how you made that transition and how you found your joy within something that kind of doesn't sound like it would be off the top of your head the most exciting um, job title per se yeah um so at the time I was watching shows like Million Dollar Listing LA and like Fix and Flip and stuff like that and it was at the very very beginning of when 
real estate agents and the real estate world was kind of like being shown on TV as being like something that's kind of cool and interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, And my family had always been in like real estate and lending and it was never something that I really a fully understood what it was or b like understood what that like life gave them um and as I started to like really like look into more of what that was and like really started to understand more as like a young 20 year old you know the lifestyle like that my dad had being able to travel being able to work and um I was like that that's kind of the life that I want you know what I mean and um uh, I was really trying to decide at that time, what, what was I going to do? Should I do real estate or should I do mortgages? And the only reason why I chose mortgages was because I noticed it was something where I had less competition. Like I noticed in real estate, there was a lot of people doing it. There was a lot of people that were already on TV by the time that I was even just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, the mortgage space had something that seemed so similar to me and seemed so aligned with real estate where I would be able to work with these people that I saw on the TV shows that I was admiring um, and just kind of be able to collaborate with them in a way that maybe they didn't see coming because, you know, they saw me being young and they saw me kind of dressing in like pink and purple suits and blazers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they kind of um, didn't see me coming. Right. So they would like invite me to open houses and I would always go to these events and try to network as much as possible. And I think that allowing, um, allowing my past experiences and bringing that edge, uh, from the fashion industry and really infusing that, uh, with the new career that I was choosing really allowed me to be different and like stand out. And very early on, I was able to collaborate with like agents that I only dreamed to work with and clients that I only dreamed to work with clients that I grew up watching on TV and in movies all my life. And um, that's, you know, slowly kind of how it happened um, in the beginning was I really just kind of set myself on a goal and kind of had to fake it until I make it. I, you know, would kind of tell people in the beginning you know, I work with high profile and celebrity clients and I was like dressing in a very fun and flashy way and would always show up at all the right events. And, you know, then little by little, my first few clients were in fact celebrity clients because they heard that a mortgage lender was specializing, you know, in the type of clients that I was calling into the universe for, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was really interesting for me to be able to, yeah, just infuse what I learned from fashion, from sales, from just entertainment and being able to bring that into the mortgage industry and and into sales and uh, yeah, just kind of like not really allowing anyone or anything to stop me into believing what I was putting in my head. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, Did you have anyone you feel like were trying to stop you at that time? Um, Kind of, you know, like yes and no. Not directly necessarily, but, you know, and and I can't even say that there was like competition. And I know that sounds crazy to say, but it was like when I would go to events and certain things and I would see like the other lenders, I was like, they don't look anything like me. They don't have any products that are like mine. They're not selling the the vision, the dream, the whatever, you know what I mean? So 
um, I just felt like I was kind of in a league of my own. And it almost felt like I was like pioneering a new industry and a new way of doing what I was doing. Um, and I didn't care what people were doing in my industry because I didn't want to do anything like that. I wanted to do my own way, my own you know, way of thinking that I was going to be successful. And, and I'm glad that it worked out. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like it inevitably works out when you just like know where your heart is and who you are and you show up that way. I feel like yeah. inevitably, no matter who you are or where you show up, if those things align, you're going to soar. So I love learning that piece of your story because it just makes so much more sense to me now why you would grow so fast in the way that you did. Um, and I think it's very important for people to like really um, know who they really are first, know themselves, because mm. I think a lot of people try to, sure, I faked it until I made it until the beginning, but I knew exactly who I was trying to fake and exactly what <laughs> I was trying to make, if that makes yeah. sense, because I saw, I see people like faking it where I'm like, you're faking it obviously mm -hmm. that's not who you are it's not what you know it's not who you are at your core mm -hmm. um you know what i mean like and so some people like really need to first understand who they really are to be able to like project the best version of themselves and to really be able to call out that dream client mm -hmm. um and something that i really like see people struggling with is like trying to be people that they really aren't mm -hmm. um you know don't worry about all the noise and like what you think you have to be focus on just being exactly yourself because people have a really good like sixth scent of being able to like i like to say they can smell okay if you're being real or not it's very mm -hmm. easy and even on camera even on social media which is why i you know people ask me like oh like how how do you create good video content? I'm like, well, like first you need to be like authentic on video, you know, because people can see within a millisecond, like if you're comfortable and if you're really being authentically yourself, yeah. it's, it's very easy to tell. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very curious to know if you have or had, especially in that time when you were really just starting out, any practices that helped you to really tune into that authenticity? Um. Practices, not necessarily, but what I did a lot more in the beginning, I want to say, um, that like kind of allowed me to find uh, my angle and path was I went to an enormous amount of networking events and I would go out a lot and like physically go and decide to work every day from new places just to be out and make sure that I could see the right people at the right time and you know what I mean? And so for me in the beginning, the main thing was like going out and making sure that, yeah, I could network, um, which because in the big, we didn't have social media like five, six, seven years ago in the beginning of the industry. So that was the only way to be able to like go out and meet people. Um, so I think that was one of the main practices that allowed me to every day interact with new people and like every day put myself out of my comfort zone mm -hmm. um and kind of having to learn like what people in the industry needed from me you mm -hmm. know what i mean and how i had to market myself the next day or that's or huge i mean yeah, yeah i think getting out of your comfort zone daily is absolutely a practice yeah so you know you were new in the space and I mean, probably where you're sitting now, it's easy to forget like 
how nerve wracking that could be when you don't mm-hmm. really know a lot. Like, did you have, um, you know, tell, tell me a little bit about your learning curve getting into a new industry. You know, for me, going from fashion to mortgages was quite literally learning a whole new language. Yeah, I could imagine. Nothing <laughs> uh, was the same. For, you know what I mean? Nothing yeah. was the same for me. Um, and years before I really fully understood like what I was doing, what I was selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, two years before I was able to get like my first real client because I understood what I was finally doing um, and, and, and all of that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And I think that a lot of people... And I see people doing it all the time, right? Give up like halfway through or like a few months in because they think like this is just too difficult for them. But I think that they need to kind of like be easy on themselves and also put their egos at the door for the first two years when you start a new career Mm. because you really need to kind of fall a bunch on your face before you can really stand up on your feet and be like, okay, I think I got this. Um, you know, and so, and I was, I went from like being, you know, a franchise manager for stores and retail and all that from being like an assistant processor, barely emails <laughs> and like barely even knowing how to request proper documents from clients without sounding like an idiot. I mean, it was embarrassing, right? But it was, the truth and it was my journey and it was like what I had to go through from and I had to learn the dirt 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 bottom and like really get my hands as dirty as possible um and learn from the bottom and work my way all the way up the way I did when I was 14 and started in internship positions you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. you just have to understand like we're starting back at zero I'm checking my ego out the door I'll see you in two years once I have a little bit of knowledge because at the end of the day like knowledge is power right and in any in any industry in order to be successful you need to be very knowledgeable and confident in what in in your knowledge because that's how you're going to be able to gain the trust from your clients so that takes time that takes time and that you cannot rush you just can't because there's experiences and things that that have to happen with time in order for you to really be you know at the best that you can be yeah, and know what you're talking about. Yes, and you have to make the decision to be a beginner again. Correct. And you went from 14 to scary. You went from 14 to 21, and by 21, you were like on top. You know, kind of on top, right? Like you, yeah. you knew your shit. And yeah. you know, to to go back to being a beginner, like I found in my experience, anytime that I'm a beginner at something, even just one day, I get some kind of burst of energy from it. Like the universe rewards that, which is another question that I, I had for you is when you said you were calling into the universe, your clients, I want to hear a little bit about your view on spirituality. And is that something that you had when you were in the beginning of this shift, when you were calling in those clients? Was that a mindset that you had? I've never been a spiritual person. I'll be honest with you. Um, I never was. I still am not a spiritual person. I think for me, um, you know, I'm very much more like logic and results driven. Mm -hmm. Um, Though I like strategy and planning and I'm someone that like uses Notion and like, like to have all my things laid out and I like to time block and I like to know what I'm doing and all that kind of stuff. Um, No, for me, like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not spiritual because 
I believe that energy comes from you. It comes from within. Um, and, and I know that this is probably very contradictory, especially to, you know, what you know, but like for me, right? Maybe it's just because I'm a Capricorn or something, right? But it's just like for me, it, it all comes like from me. And so for me, like when I see people like doing boards and this and that and like calling out, I'm like, but calling out what? If you yourself are not going out there physically on the phone, talking to clients and having other people hearing so that they can be a client and like really going to do the work, then it's not going to come back at you. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, for me, like the spiritual sense has never really been there. It's been a lot more like physical and like, you know, creating those like um, mind, body, soul for sure. Like I've always, I've always found that as long as like I have a routine in my life, and so maybe it's not spiritual, but that is in a way like spiritual for yourself to be able to have everything in line, mm -hmm. going to the gym and like making sure you're getting all your endorphins and like making sure you're eating right and making sure that, you know, you're, you know, walking and, and reading and doing all the things and like having a structure and routine that really also like allowed me, especially in the beginning, I was making sure that I was up at 5 a.m. I was the first one at the gym. I was the first one on the emails. I was the first one at hotel lobby ordering the seven dollars and fifty cents lattes just so people can hear me on my emails and talking from the lobby all day like <laughs> with things that like I was like okay like those were the intentions that like I had to physically physically okay so I'm going to challenge you and say that that's actually very spiritual something that you said specifically is that the energy comes from within you that is I think the most one of the most spiritual things that you can say because and that's as spiritual as I get. <laughs> no, but that's all you need. That's all you yeah. need. Because yeah. the truth is, like, to me, the opposite of that is, like, things are happening to me, right? Like, the victim mentality. Like, feeling yeah. feeling owed something. Feeling like something someone's going to come save you or something's mm -hmm. going to happen to you that's going to be good, that's going to get you to where you are right now. Right. Versus understanding that energetically it comes from within and it projects mm -hmm. outward and it's embodied. You know, that's what I did when I transitioned from my corporate job to being an entrepreneur. I would take days off from my corporate job and just instead of going on vacation or doing things that had no depth, I would actually wake up and pretend like I work for myself. Correct. And I would sit on my balcony with my laptop and I would be just building my website. Nothing that actually is generating cash flow in the immediate moment. But I was embodying that. That is a very spiritual practice. Taking care of your vessel, taking care of your mind, body, soul, that is a very spiritual practice, uh, which is really just being an active participant in your own life. Like to me, that's the most spiritual thing that you can do. Totally. Here's here's what I got from from your story. I'll give you my little recap because <laughs> I haven't had a guest yet. So I don't know how I wrap these things up, but this is what I'm feeling. <laughs> this is what I'm feeling in my heart. So I took a couple notes because I'm a, I'm a coach. That's how you're a mortgage lender first and foremost. I'm a coach first and foremost. And right. so what I usually do in these conversations is I really listen and I extract little themes to help people build their narrative and whether it's build it up or rewrite it in your case, what I found to be really beautiful is you maintain your curiosity. Like you are always asking questions. Like when you got to the end of your fashion career, you were like, okay, what now? What kind of life did I want to live? You know, asking right. those questions 
and then staying in your authenticity as you move through industries like mm-hmm. that is extremely powerful and most importantly and like you said is taking that action not right. sitting there and waiting for something to come around there's a story that i love and i my mom always told me this story and i recently heard it in a book in the um divine law of compensation by marianne williamson where she talks about a, a drowning man and the man is drowning and a lifeguard goes to save him and He's like, no, no, God will save me. And then a helicopter comes around and throws him a ladder. And he goes, no, no, God will save me. And all these things come. And then he eventually drowns and he meets God. And he's like, God, why didn't you save me? I had all my faith in you. And he goes, what do you mean? I sent you a lifeguard, a helicopter, this and that, the other thing. So that is the real life application of our spirituality. It's co-creation. So you take action and then you're rewarded for your action. You know, you showed up, you got those clients. You picked up the camera, you got the community. So it's mm-hmm. it's really that putting that into action is really what makes the world of a difference. And I also love that you said two years, because I feel like looking at social media right now, it's really easy to think that people just picked up a camera and blew up overnight. You spent Perfect. years building that knowledge right. and then yeah. another couple of years before you picked up the camera. So. Definitely. I, I would love for exactly. anyone to hear this, to, to hear that message. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, something that you said was very, very true. Um, and something that I always say, and this is like my slogan, and it's just like, listen, ambition is nothing without execution. Okay. So you may have all these great ideas and you may have all these intentions to want to do all these things. If you do not properly execute, then it's all for nothing. And that's like another like reason why for me, it's like, I really believe more in like in myself and my spirit, right. Mm-hmm. In my, in my capabilities of doing, um, because I know that I'm the one who has to execute if I want those ambitions and those ideas to really come to fruition. So, um, yeah, I just really challenge anyone that like, if you, if you have an idea, if you think something is easy, if you want to start something, that's great. Uh, execute. Do something. That's the number one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Do something about it. Do it. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I am certain it will inspire many, many more. I know you've already inspired many. Thank you for having me. Yes. And um, do you have anything else you'd like to share or add for anyone who's listening? Um, you know, if you guys... Uh, ever want to be inspired educated and entertained you can find me on social media wherever you love to consume social media at the real queen Margot. okay beautiful well thank you again for joining me and i'm looking forward to seeing what comes next for you thank you thank you again really appreciate it this was so much fun